Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. day because it is the first Monday of the AAPI Heritage Month. The Asian Pacific American Heritage Month began in 1977 when Congress proclaimed the first 10 days of May to AAPI Heritage Recognition, Remembrance, and Celebration, but it did not get passed. And then in 1978, they tried again, and then President Jimmy Carter signed a bill that same year, which allowed the first seven days of May to be Asian Pacific American Heritage Week. And then in 1992, Congress expanded this to make May AAPI Heritage Month. All right, so the month of May is AAPI Heritage Month. So happy AAPI Heritage Month to you all. May is the month for this commemoration because the first Japanese immigrants came to the U.S. in early May of 1843. And because the Transcontinental Railroad, which was built by Chinese immigrants, was completed on May 10th, 1868. So this month, I am going to highlight conversations I've had with other Asians. Some are here in the States. Others are not. Today, I'm going to talk about a 2003 SBS hit K-drama called All In. It's a K-drama that broke a lot of the typical soapy expectations. First of all, it's a very male-centric show. The female characters are basically empty shells and vessels in this program, all except for maybe one side character who happens to be the daughter of a very successful entrepreneur. Her name is Ho Jin-hee, played by Park Sol-mi. So Song Yi-kyo is the female protagonist on the show, but she's ridiculously passive. And she has all the works of a female K-drama protagonist, like being an orphan and being of working class. But she doesn't have a quippy, funny, conventionally unattractive sidekick Instead, what she has is a nun. And uh, even though Song Yi-kyo has all these odds stacked up against her, she doesn't really overcome them with this um, strong, empowered female gusto like you do in a lot of these other shows. Uh, She kind of lets her male protagonist kind of save her and rescue her throughout. Or he just wreaks havoc in her life. And that's the one maybe consistent thing with the other shows. Yi Byung-hun is really the main character of All In's plot. Okay, he plays Inha in the show All In, and it's actually uh, this show is actually loosely based on the life and times of Korean American high roller poker player Jimmy Cha. Right, the show is a fascinating history of the late 1970s, early 1980s South Korea as its economic development started to gain steam, and you see very clearly that this period was when businesses were intermixed with the underworld of gangsters and gambling. There will always be that initial phase of socioeconomic shock, destructiveness, and problems when a poor nation suddenly encounters money. Gangsters and thugs ruled the streets back then, and any kid with fighting potential was fair game for other gangsters and thugs to recruit. In the case with Inha, he had a very good head on his shoulders, and because he's been helping his uncle cheat at Hwatu Games, since he was a youngster, he 
turns out later to have this preternatural ability to figure out card games instinctively, and he knows how to win. But despite his talents, because he's part of that underworld, he keeps getting pulled back into it. So this show very much has the influences of New York gangster films, you know, like Carlito's Way, Serpico, Donnie Brasco, anything with Al Pacino, basically, right? The great irony is that the gangsters in this Korean drama are told by their head honcho to watch and study the Godfather film franchise by Francis Ford Coppola. Isn't that something? If you haven't seen the movie The Act of Killing, which is a documentary by Joshua Oppenheimer, please check it out. You'll see how and why people become detached from the action of killing. It's because in their minds, it's only an act. It's like emulating a movie star in a violent scene in a movie that glamorizes killing and violence. Say what you will about thugs and gangsters, but you know that most movies frame them with magnetism and charisma. That's just how they do. It's only when you finally connect your actions to your actual thoughts, your real feelings. That's when you realize your own inhumanity or humanity, right? So this is why mindfulness is so important. It's to connect you to your most human self so that you won't be able to wreak havoc in other people's lives. Those who are constantly putting themselves in harm's way, including self-harm, will be more susceptible to harming others. So let's remember to be kind to ourselves. Anyway, check out All In. It's got a lot of drama, pathos, history. If you've read that book, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, you probably know the history of the pachinko business that Koreans got into. It comes from Japan, and it's the underworld back in Korea, the pachinko gambling business. It was a major part of that. And that... That that aspect of the um, Korean business industry also comes up in this show as well. Today, I talked to a comedian named Walter Hong. He's based in Orange County, but I worked with him last year during the pandemic when we all had an all Korean language show at the Laugh Factory through Instagram Live. That was really interesting, speaking into the ether with no laughter. Walter is very funny, but I genuinely enjoyed talking to him because of his mind. And he says a lot of interesting things. He processes ideas in a way that's very surprising and engaging. And I had a lot of fun talking to Walter. I'm sleepy. I started waking up early. Uh, it's been two days. Oh. So I, I got up at 5.45 the last two days. Oh, you're like an old man. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I haven't been getting up like that. Are you on Clubhouse by any chance? Uh-huh. So you know how like you're on it like all day and night? And so I started sleeping late. Okay. And then, uh, but then I've, I've been kind of decreasing my Clubhouse time. Mm-hmm. So I've been, get, I was getting up early and then um, today's Tuesday. So then yesterday, I don't know, like I just woke up like at 540 and then yeah. I just stayed up. And then so... Do you uh, do shows on Clubhouse? Is that why you're always on? Or are you just like... No, because I live alone. So I've just been in isolation for like a year. For literally about a year. And then... Um, like, yeah, the only people I talk to are my parents and the grocery store cashier. <laughs> oh, my God. That's about you don't, it. You don't like... But, I mean, you, you like call your friends and like text them and shit like that, right? Yeah, we text. We don't call. Boys don't call. That gets weird. You don't call at all? Hmm. Boys don't call each other, at least at my age. I don't know about like younger ones, but yeah, boys I, your age, boys your age don't call. Yeah, okay. unless it's like, "Yo, where are you?" 
Like, what's taking you so long? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. about it. The you phrase, know, yo, where are you? <laughs> yeah. There, there's no like, hey, like, or like, yo, how you doing? You know? <laughs> What'd you do today? <laughs> it's like, what, what? Who is this? Yeah, we don't, we don't do that. So, um, yeah. yeah, but we do, we do text. We have a, we have a group cacao chat. Right. Um, and then like they come over sometimes because mm-hmm. I have a little front courtyard area. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the same because, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, in the summer it was okay because it's warm, but like in the winter sure. it's cold. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. No, that sucks. Yes. Yes, I... Clubhouse has been good. Okay. I, I am on Clubhouse, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how it works. Um, PK was like doing a, a Clubhouse like Laugh Factory show thing. Uh-huh. So I popped in for a second and it was like so overwhelming that I left. It freaked me out and I just left. Yeah. I don't really do the rooms where, or I don't go into the rooms where there's like hundreds of people or yeah. sometimes thousands of people. Um, it's just too much. There's just too much going on. Yeah. It's so a I lot. usually go to the smaller ones. Okay. Like what? Um, well, so like I, we actually found a group of friends. Which is really funny. So like we people made you friends. know. No, like we didn't. I didn't know them before. We just made we friends made on Clubhouse. Friends. And it just so happened that everyone is is pretty much similarly like like minded. Yeah. In the sense, like we're not out to be bullies because there's a lot of bullying as like passed off as jokes going on. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but like we're all we're not like that, and we're all just really like nice to each other. Um, okay. But like not in a fake way. But it just kind of in a in a friendship way, in a genuine and, way. Yeah, yeah. In a way and to be act- supportive. Mm-hmm, totally. And we actually met up. Mm-hmm. So uh, three people flew in from out of state: one from Washington, one from Texas, and one from New York. And oh we actually met up in LA. And then the Korean, the people that live in Korea, though that part of our group got jealous, so they did a meetup in oh. Korea. Um, so we have about twenty people. Oh my god you made buddies yeah totally and like we and we all talk about like how lucky we were to have met each other first because had we like met other groups of people yeah. i don't think it would have been nearly the same it was timing totally yeah because there's some groups because there's some chat rooms you go into and people are just mean to each other and then others they're very like it's very shallow and nothing wrong against being shallow but like it's just kind of like surface which is fine because, you know, it's just it's just what you put into it. Sure. And we just happen to all be of like-minded kind of input and investment. Um, and then, you know, there's some rooms that you go into that, like, guys just trying to pick up on girls. Like, any girl that comes in, they try to hit on them. And <laughs> they're, like, you know, creepy and whatnot. Okay. So we don't have any of those guys. Like, okay. there's no guys like that in our group. Like, no one's creepy. Yeah. Um, everyone's okay. genuine and respectful and decent mm-hmm. and that is amazing i'm yeah. so happy you found that you know that's like that's like um <clears throat> how do i say like old school pure internet aim kind of experience like before aim became like yeah. a sex predator place yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah, yeah. And it's funny because now like i mean because I, I go to korea or i used to go to korea before the pandemic frequently. Yes. And so, like, I, I, now I have a, a handful of friends there, but yes. uh, now, like, I have more because of Clubhouse. Okay. Um, you know, 
So you've been connecting like more with like the Koreans like via Clubhouse or? Yeah, so I don't know exactly how Clubhouse algorithm works. Okay. I know part of it is your contact list uh-huh. uh, and like what groups, like what interests you have. Okay. But I think from the get go, like when I first joined, yeah. there was, it was more of a diverse kind of like the rooms that would come up in my, I forgot what they call it. It's not a news feed. Like a roster. I what they call it. They call okay. it, so I forget what they call it. But anyhow, um, they, uh, oh, the lobby. I think they call it the lobby. I forget. Mm, anyhow, okay. mm-hmm. um, it was pretty diverse. Mm. But then now, because most of it is people I follow mm-hmm. and they happen to be, I mean, they're, it's mostly Koreans but uh, or Asians, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty diverse. But still, yeah. um, it's most of the rooms are like Asian-centric. Got it. Or Korean-centric. Yeah. Um, like in the beginning, they don't have a lot of these rooms now, but in the beginning, they had a lot of like native Korean and uh, Kyoko room. Yeah, um, yeah. There was one that was really fun where it was, uh, we could only speak Korean uh-huh. and it was all Kyopos. So all of our <laughs> Korean was bad and people, <laughs> people were embarrassed, but we're, everyone's like, no, don't worry about it because we all suck. And then there were native Koreans that were listening, that they were fascinated by it. Yeah, um, that's you know, a couple guys came in to make fun of us okay. and they were kicked out immediately. But the ones oh. that were just like, you know, we never hear you guys speak like this. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it was nice to hear um, you guys like just kind of like comfortably speak. And so uh, yeah. for them, it, it was a, it was a good thing. But I and think it's a it, treat. Yeah. They, it's rare. Like yeah. when, when would they ever get that opportunity? Yeah. It's like for them, it's like traveling. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, without having to actually travel. Yeah. Um, and then, but I heard, it got it evolved into um, kind of like a very antagonistic room hmm. um, where uh, people were just like kind of making fun of native Koreans. And it hmm. kind of, because when we were doing it, it was literally, we were just talking to each other in Korean, like, sure. Hey, where are you from? Like, what right. do you do for work? Uh-huh. Like, you know, how are things over there? And then we were just all doing it in Korean, like saying in Korean, uh-huh. but I had heard that, um, like other other iterations of it had evolved into like kind of being demeaning and condescending and well, so let me, that's so interesting so then let me ask you this like what do you think because i mean you go in there with this with this open heart and good intention you know no baggage right mm-hmm. like no chip on your shoulder you go in and you try to have this genuine open hearted connective kind of moment with these essentially strangers right Mm -hmm. but then you guys open up and you connect and you bond and you become friends so you have that but then at what point does it turn sour you know like like where does that come from how does it happen why does it go there you know like i'm just do you have thoughts on that for me personally or in general Yeah. yeah i guess for you personally because i mean we we only know Walter, right? It's right true, now. True. It is true. Yeah. And I am the most important protagonist uh, <laughs> yeah. in my life. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, it, it would start to go sour when people are, are mean to each other. Okay. Like, especially because we're strangers. Sure. Um, if we're if we're all close friends or good friends or mm-hmm. I don't know which one's higher. Yeah. Um, then, and then we're making fun of each other. That's cool. Yeah. You know, we, we all have an understanding mm-hmm. but when people are strangers and they kind of under the umbrella of I'm just joking. They're mean. I, I, for me, right. I'm just kind of like, you know what? I don't need to be a part of this, uh, especially by nature of what we do. Yeah, that's really easy for me. And I don't want to for me personally. I don't want to put that out there. 
Right. Um, in this particular space. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's when it, it sours, like room sour for me. Right. Uh, when they get, yeah. And it's not personal. And, and I don't take, I don't interpret what they do as being personal, like a personal mm-hmm. attack. But just yes. for me, I don't need to be in that kind of environment, uh, mm-hmm. especially by nature of, of what we do. And because yes. uh, then for me, it's, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't need, you know, this. Because then if it, if it gets really, if we really get into it, then I'm going to win every single time <laughs> and it's just and then and then they, they'll turn on me and right. they'll say you're really mean mm-hmm. and it's like no i'm doing the same thing you guys are doing but just at a different completely different level so i don't even i don't even involve myself with it don't um, engage yeah yeah i don't why do why fuck up your own day by yeah, engaging exactly. with amateur hour and yeah. uh and it's like yeah it's like those kinds of people you know, and I think to an to a degree, all of us have been that person at one point in our lives, and and um, we will continue to be that person at some point because we are human. You know, and I'm not saying just in like the social media sphere. I'm talking like, you know, like when we're driving on the road and like mm-hmm. we're just in a bad mood, and some guy cuts us off, and we're just like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Right? Yeah. It's like all of those moments are actually a choice we have mm-hmm. right to react to that with horror nightmare anger or just not react and yeah. be like have this moment of uh mindfulness and be like mm-hmm. whatevs man like maybe they didn't see me maybe they they're in a rush whatever it is you know um there was like something uh he's a graduate student and he he said this He's a he's actually a Chinese international student. So like of course he said this, right? Like the Chinese are so like in tune sometimes with their spiritual sense of being and he was like everybody um has good intentions, you know? Everybody wants to do good. And like I think that's like a fundamental like Buddhist philosophy actually. Like whenever anybody's being anything, like you are being you right now, I'm being me right now. We're all being our absolute possible best in this present moment including the times when we're fucking shit up you know no whatever it is we're still doing our absolute best in that moment right the next moment it might change it's like you could have done a little better back there or whatever you know or you could have changed but that's later it's like in the present moment everybody's doing their absolute best and like when my aunt my uh in Korea when she told me this because I was like complaining I was like complaining about her brothers like talking shit about like my weight and my looks and whether I'm married or not and I was like man I was like if if like something to come at me this time I'm gonna fucking give it to them and she was like okay but you know one thing to keep in mind is like everybody's doing their best and I think what she was just trying to say is you know they don't get it you know they they they're not where you're at you know, like in terms of your own experiences and your own um, uh, issues or hangups or challenges. And so how could they know, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, she was just like, if that is tormenting you and you want to start a conflict, that is a, that is your choice. But it's also a choice to be like, okay, this is all they know right now. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to engage with that and make it a teaching moment or make it a fight or make it something or not. And I was like, at the time I didn't get it. That was like 
three years ago I was like, I was like nah fuck that shit <laughs> you know but like now I think the pandemic did a lot to us now I fully understand what she's saying and I understand that it's a choice yeah and you know I think because because only because you mentioned that it was a, a Chinese graduate student had it but me because I'm I'm aged now yeah. uh, I can't really say I'm old because obviously there's a lot more people older than me but I'm yeah. aged now and yes. so for me it's a very college point of view. And I say mm-hmm. that not to be demeaning or condescending, yeah. but in the sense of, uh, sorry, I should turn this off. Uh, but in the sense of like, there's still that, that um, perspective is still full of hope. Uh, and, yeah, and it when, is. When you're in college, you're full of hope. Like you're going to change the world. Uh, yeah. And as you get older, you realize either you realize you can't, or you realize you don't care anymore mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't subscribe for me. I don't personally subscribe that everyone's doing their best because mm-hmm. I've seen so many people that love doing their, the worst mm-hmm. and, and love bringing out the worst in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do subscribe to the fact that there are people out there mm-hmm. that are trying to do their best. Like I, mm-hmm. I do like for the, to bring up police officers. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, police officers, they want to help people. Mm-hmm. But we only hear about the ones that don't mm-hmm. and the, the other extreme where they kill people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think with people, yeah, I think for the most part, people want to do good. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there are there are those that just love uh, and relish yeah. causing and creating harm and havoc yeah. uh, on people. Uh, yeah. And it, I know with, with Koreans, because culturally, uh, it's cultural to ask a girl when they're going to get married uh, mm-hmm. to talk about their weight, to talk about their looks. Mm-hmm. Now it's moving away from that. And a lot mm-hmm. of women are fighting back. And so mm-hmm. now I think if you, if you, if you ask a woman uh, when they're getting married or if they got, if they're married, it's mm-hmm. a big taboo now mm-hmm. uh, you can't do, and you can't even go as far as to say like, Oh, if you do these things that uh, I'll do these things. Cause I'm a man. You, you can't mm-hmm. say that anymore. Like I, I got uh, in trouble for that. Uh, and I wasn't even talking about anyone else. I was just talking about me. Yeah. What right? were you saying? So I was saying, oh, I was going to, um, oh, this is like, oh, isn't it too spicy for you? I'm like, uh, no, I'm a man. And they're, oh, you can't say that. Like, it's not, um, it's not viewed on as very, uh, it's not viewed very positively. And so Korea is, I think, and of course, you know, with our, with us being human, we love overcorrecting. Yes. And so I don't think in Korea, there are gradual changes. It's just more like from here to boom. Um, like well, they took me too and they went with it and it under me too was included. Um, don't ask women, uh, when they're getting married, don't, you know, don't talk about like weight, don't talk about looks and all these things. But it's funny. The irony is, is that women have no problem telling people, oh yeah, she's ugly or he's ugly. <laughs> they have no mm-hmm. problem with that. But when it's turned yeah. on them, it's like, oh, hey, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah. Like this, you can't do this. I think because, uh, women were just objectified for so long and they're still objectified and they're still like you know sexually assaulted blah 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 and so when Mm -hmm. the lid opens and there's this rawness right beneath and all they have is reactivity yeah then what you have is just uh everybody's uncomfortable yeah and uh i see some limitations to uh me too i think me too is just a very shallow start what comes after whenever i ask all the feminists any feminists i encounter including academics like what comes after me too nobody really has a clear answer and that drives me insane because it's like if you want to integrate change with the men 
Mm-hmm. We need to ask them, what do you think constitutes a good man? What do you think constitutes a real man? What do you think constitutes a bad man? Mm-hmm. What do you think constitutes the grays in between, yeah. between these kinds of men? Because that's the fucking reality. And when I say that this Chinese graduate student said that um, everybody has good intentions, and when I say that you know Buddhism says everybody's doing their best in their moment, I don't mean it more like um, in this kind of naivete, optimistic light, because that's another category. That's like a Western category. I mean it in this Eastern doctrine, as in all sentient beings are loved, right? Like all sentient beings are loved because they are sentient beings. That's it. Nobody needs conditions for these things. Um, but we forget that oftentimes because we live in a world. We have a psychological sense of ego, and we have trauma. We have war. We have guns. We have nightmares, right? And so these things that build and we become protective of ourselves. That sometimes creates misfires in our brains. It it creates um, these kinds of like uh, interruptions when something is coming in, and the message becomes the reception becomes changed in our minds based on our experiences, and then we react negatively or in a like a conflict kind of way. Um, so. What I mean by that, what I mean by doing our best, and、um, that Chinese student saying everybody has good intentions, is even when we're at our absolute fucking worst, right? When we're screaming at some woman, being like, "Why the fuck did you fuck up my fucking sandwich, you stupid cunt?" When we're doing that, we're still doing our absolute best in the objective kind of、uh, spiritual Eastern doctrine sense. Like she went through some kind of thing. Right, whatever it was, like whatever the the instances, those patterns of moments, whatever her day was, whatever her year was, whatever her lifetime was, and like something went berserk, and now this is explosively coming out, which is also again, it's her choice to not react to her ch- past traumas. But like whenever I find myself yelling at somebody, I'm not yelling at them and whatever they did. I'm yelling at like my dad. You know, I'm yelling at something that some asshole did five years ago. I'm yelling at my boss who was really like brutally unfair and racist and sexist and whatever. I'm yelling at those people in my past in my mind. I'm not yelling at this particular person who did this fuck up. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean when I say we're doing our absolute best, and that includes the shittiest people on earth, and that's really. A tough thing for Westerners to swallow, and Westerners, I include you and me, because we grew up in America. We're、um, Korean Americans. It's something really difficult for us to swallow because that is very antithetical to Western thinking, which is show me the goods. In America, you got to show the goods. That's why we are materialistic and capitalist and consumerist and Christian and all of that shit. And it's stuff that I'm trying to. Decolonize myself from and detox myself from, like every day. But it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to not react to our pains. It, which actually brings me to this. Like, I don't know how was last week for you, if you don't mind me asking, and you don't have to answer if it's like a pain in the ass or whatever. I'm not gonna lie to you for a quick second. I was like last week. I don't even remember what I did last week. <laughs> then I realized what you're talking about. <laughs>、um, how is it for me? You know. 
generally, I don't, I tend not to comment on uh, current events. Yeah. Generally, mm -hmm. I do maybe like at best here and there. I, mm -hmm. I don't really, I, I tend not to, because I feel like there's, okay, if I was one of five yellow people in the US, I would probably comment on every current event that happens sure. with Asian people. Mm -hmm. But there's so many more prominent, uh, bigger, larger statured uh, yellow people that I don't feel it uh, imminently necessary to comment mm -hmm. because what's, what's like, if whatever I write, it's already been out. It's already out there like right. 10, 20 times, uh, if yeah. not hundreds of times. Yeah. So I don't really find the need to uh, add to it. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, I would hope that I have enough benefit of the doubt where people know that, oh, I think the same way yeah. as all these people do. Um, yeah. I'll, if I write something, um, it's, it's something that I haven't seen before. Okay. Uh, then I'll, I'll write something. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm not one of those people, like my personality isn't something that like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like, Hey, everyone's we, we, like, we got to write something. And so let's just, even if it's the same thing, let's just put it out there. Like, I, I just, right. I'm not wired that way. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. I think it's yeah. great. I, I'm thrilled that everyone's coming together. Not everyone, but like most people are coming together mm -hmm. and, and doing all these things. Um, how I f like, so for me last week, um, apart from the, uh, perceived or actual hatred of yellow people from the the guy that that shot and, and killed uh the eight people apart from like the alleged sex addiction and all that for me was the unnecessary loss of lives mm. um because the the sex stuff the asian stuff is all to me window dressing mm. uh the, for me the, the deeper issue is is that one person upended um multiple uh, families' lives, if not 20, down to even to 100 families' lives, just from one person, one decision that that person made to go and shoot people. Um, and that, to me, the, the ease at which this person did it and the access that this person had to be able to do this, that, to me, is something that um, I, I, I kind of more uh, dwelled on. Um, mm -hmm. which is not to say I, I didn't, I didn't dismiss the fact that six of eight were yellow people. Yeah. Um, I didn't dismiss the fact that they were at, um, I, I know they're calling them spas now, but, mm -hmm. and I don't even know that they're massage parlors because these women were in their sixties and seventies. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I have no idea, but I do yeah. know that that area does mm -hmm. have massage parlors. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what's going on, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the time of day it was, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like speculate. Yeah. Um, I, I could, I, I could facetiously and jokingly say, Oh yeah, they're massage parlors would not, but whatever, aside mm -hmm. from all that, uh, to me, that's all window dressing important is very vital and important window dressing. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more, um, that the lives were lost. And yeah. I, I think when the, the white people, uh, are saying that, Oh, it's not a hate crime. And they're arguing to their, you know, faces turn blue. that It's not a hate crime. None of them are talking about how eight lives were lost. Yeah. They're folk. They're so honed in and focused on the race issue. And I understand why they are, but they're not talking about the, how the lives were lost. How eight yeah. lives. And, and the ones that are saying that, oh, it's not a hate crime because two non-Asians died. Right. Okay. Look, right. we can, we can, you know, split hairs, even though I don't think this is splitting hairs, but yeah. um, to me, it, it's, it's, it's 
the ease at which lives are lost. And then yesterday, 10 people died in Colorado. Um, stop. Yeah, all that stuff. I, I just, for me, it, we know and then when everything, anything like this happens, it's always like, oh, we need gun control or we need this, we need that. Um, and you were speaking earlier about Eastern and Western philosophies that are different. Uh, one thing medically is, is that um, for Eastern medicine, they go for the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of like uh, Oriental medicine uh, goes mm -hmm. in for the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Western medicine is more symptomatic. That's mm -hmm. why our pharmaceutical companies are so big yeah. and, and wealthy because yeah. we like to treat symptoms rather than the root. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. with all of, and because we're so ingrained with, with symptomology, um, mm -hmm. we like to talk about gun control exactly. um, rather than getting to the root of the issue, whatever it may be. I, yeah. I don't know what the roots are. You know, I, with this, with the guy that killed the eight people and the guy that killed 10 yesterday, I don't know what their root issues are. Um, I don't know what the telltale signs are. And we like to, we, we love buying big brushes to paint everything, all issues with just one surefire method. And we, we can't do that. Every Everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, everyone requires their own kind of mm -hmm. tailored, uh, help and um, I, I yeah, to me so to me last week was about the lives that were lost and the immediate families that were affected. I don't know if you had read what the son of, of one of the women that passed mm -hmm. away wrote about his mom. Kim. Yep. Yeah, and for me, regard apart from him being Korean, apart from mm -hmm. him being Asian, um, and I know we relate. Uh, we feel a, a, we feel a closer relation because we're Asian and also more so because we're Korean mm -hmm. and we feel like we know how he's growing up and how he grew up because mm -hmm. we're also Korean. Uh, apart from all of that, a son lost his mother. Mm -hmm. and, and that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. And we want to dress it up as like, oh, we need to feel even more uh, upset, angry and saddened because he or she is Korean. It's like, yes, okay. And I, I say, I disagree with that, but I agree with the fact that we, we have a stronger bond. But the fact that someone lost their mother, regardless of mm -hmm. what race they are, uh, is what kind of weighed on me the most mm -hmm. um, last week. And then now, like, so in two weeks, 18 people have died. Hundreds of families are going to be affected by this. Um, you know, secondarily and tertiarily. There, it's just, it, it's, it, it probably could be endless because of the fact that um, who knows what these people would have accomplished or not accomplished or would have done and what paths they would have crossed with other people to do an act of kindness or to like you, to your point, making that choice to, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to be mean today mm -hmm. and I'm going to be nice and yeah. how that could have affected that person. And we'll never know yeah. all because these two individuals decided that they're going to kill people that day. Exactly. Um, and Which you know, horrible. Yeah. And I, I yeah. agree. Like, you know, what is the root problem of that? I don't know. And I think those are big questions because we need to ask them. We need to figure that out. This is, if it's a malaise, if it's a problem, then there are resolutions, there are cures. And I don't know, one thing that kind of drifted through my mind yesterday, like as the, the bolder like uh, details were starting to emerge, I was like, I love America mm -hmm. because it is so free. It is so fucking free. Right. I mean, you've been to South Korea, you know how fucking um, oppressive it can be at times, despite the amazing things that South Korea has to offer or like other countries. Like I have an interview at, at Singapore later this month and I'm like dreading the possibility of Singapore because they're squares. Come on. Uh, so I'm like, America is so free and liberating. 
And it pains me that it is so fucking free that anybody can go and just grab a gun. That is like so painful to me that it has to be that free. It's like, do we need guns for liberty anymore? Yeah, it's... I I I understand the Second Amendment um, proponents, like the, the support that I understand it. I just the way I look at it is this: uh, Will Smith, who I'm sure you know, um, when he was 21 or 22, he was on top of the world yeah. at that time. His world, yeah. He, I think he had just won his Grammy. Uh, he was the first, I think, rap artist to win a Grammy at the time, mm-hmm. and I think wow. he either had Fresh Prince of Bel Air or he mm-hmm. was on his way to do it. Mm-hmm. he had i think three or four cars mm. and he invited his dad over to his place mm-hmm. and his dad like why do you need four cars mm. you only have one butt <laughs> that's kind of how i look at guns if you yeah. have three four or five guns okay fine you have yeah. two hands your your wife or your husband has two hands mm-hmm. cool. but when people have a hundred guns mm-hmm. in your life you will never use all of them in one day like you'll, there'll never be, and even if you could, um, I know one community, I forget the person's name. They say, I know you guys are talking about guns because, um, we have the right to bear arms. And if the government, whatever, there's a coup or whatever, martial law, mm-hmm. um, this comedian said the U S government has tanks. Right. So, and my thing with guns, um, is that if I have a hundred guns in my house and it's just me and if people come to attack me. They have a hundred people with one gun mm-hmm. and they'll get to me a lot faster than I can shoot off, shoot my hundred guns. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing with guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I, I attribute that to Will Smith's dad is how mm-hmm. many guns do you have and how many, how many hands do we have? That we I like shoot? that though. I like uh, that. I like that concept a lot because what it's pointing to is sort of uh, the excess part, the yeah. gluttonous part of our country. Like, um, I, I watched, you know, that Dr. Bronner's soap, right? The peppermint soap with the blue label. It has like all mm-hmm. these, yeah, the hippie soap. I watched the documentary called Dr. Bronner's Magic Soapbox. It's like a hilarious movie. That Dr. Bronner guy is such a character. But uh, all of them, all of the CEOs of that company capped their salary for like 40 times the lowest paid employee of that company. Oh, nice. And yeah. any any excess profit they make, it all goes to donations you know Mm -hmm. to help people get you know sanitary products to help with research for mental illness with psychedelic drugs to help with environmental awareness issues and environmental support and i'm like that is so fucking beautiful and that did come from america i mean the dr bronner was a german immigrant but you know he's like got three generations and uh they're all they're all like this aware, this mindful and the self, um, yeah, self-conscious and, and they, they do good. They apply good. And we, the flip side of that is like, you know, when we see like people like Jeff Bezos, you know, it's like literally like a fucking trillionaire versus yeah. an Amazon worker who drops off packages door to door every single day getting paid nothing even close to that and what could have bezos done if he had kept his salary at 40 percent of what this amazon employee makes and all that excess profit going to good causes in the world like what could have happened what kind of transformation could have happened and so yeah it's like again that's sort of the uh the the antithesis of america is like on the one hand 
it's so liberal it's so free you know uh, and it's so beautiful because of it but because it's so liberal and so free anybody can shove anything down their into their bodies and be whatever they want and that includes these so-called quote-unquote monsters right yeah. like, anyway like, there's, yeah there's, there's good points to thinking of me myself and i first there are good points to yeah that. yes positive points yes but i think we've come like we've dove so far deep into me myself and i that okay. we can't even signal when we're making lane changes in our car because mm. it's it, the first response is why should i signal you should yeah. know that I'm, I'm making a lane change but that little attitude uh that little attitude shift of why should i signal that gets blown up into you know the the wealth uh the wealth gap because it's yeah. like wait why should i give up part of my salary so that this person can make a little bit more money um there's one guy i forget his name i wish i knew he has long blonde hair he was in, it's in, he's in tech and um he was making millions of dollars as a ceo and they did a survey i i think he initiated it he wanted to know like the demographics of his employees and he was shocked to find out only like less than 10 percent like far less than 10 percent owned a home mm. and he was shocked to find that out and then so he decided i'm gonna make and i forgot what his salary is i want to mm. say it went down to maybe seventy thousand dollars or something like that wow and he spread his wealth out to his employees and then after i think like five or ten years 30 to 40 percent of his employees owned homes and this is that credit card home. guy guy right I, I think don't know. I he's like a credit card CEO. I, I've heard of this guy. He's like a young man, a very yeah. young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've read, yeah. I've read this article. I think he has like some kind of a credit, like credit finance kind of company of some sort. But yeah. I, I love that story too. And that's yeah. this this similar kind of story. Yeah, because it's about for me to him. I, I'm guessing here, yeah. but to me, for him, at the end of the day, it's about the people. Mm. Granted, it's a small small percentage of people, but it's the entirety of his company. It's about the people. At the end of the day, it's about people. Because for uh, these other guys, um, Bezos, Zuckerberg, you know, who are all these big, you know, guys that are making billions of dollars, for them, at the end of the day, it's about their bank account right. and what they see. Um, right. I'm sure they give money. That's fine. Yeah. Um, how much? If you want, if you want to do percentage, I don't know. I don't even think it's a drop <laughs> in the bucket. It's probably like you know a speck in the bucket, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, I don't. I, I I have a hard time dictating what people do with their money. Like sure. I, I, you'll, you'll rarely, if ever hear me say, oh, I think yeah. Bezos should do this with his money. Yeah, it's not but really our business, wants, yeah. Yeah, if he wants to, you know, keep all his money and buy islands, that's all him, that's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. um, however, there is something to your employees barely being able to live above the poverty line yeah. while you're reaping all the benefits of their work. Um, in Iceland, their income gap is very narrow. From what I understand, I think on average CEOs make just 30% more. And so there, when you eat there, each meal is 50 to a hundred dollars, breakfast, lunch, dinner. If it's a dinner for sure. It's about a hundred bucks at yeah. the least. It's because they can all afford it. Yeah. They're all making a decent wage. And, and they I, have like a really equal sense of like gender laws, like men get time off as fathers women get time off mm -hmm. as mothers they're all paid yeah you know, they have like a very decent kind of social almost like a neo-socialist kind of perspective even though they are a market economy yeah and because it's, it's at the end of the day it's about the people and yeah I know they care yeah exactly and that's the part that i wanted to stress is that i know people may hear me say oh 
he's probably one of those socialists. I'm not a socialist, but yeah. I care. I think people they care. care um, how others live. I think back to the very first point we were talking about is, is we might be having a bad day. And if we like pour out our anger on someone that causes yeah. them to have a bad day. Exactly. And it, it fucks if, them up. Yeah. But if we're having a good day because we get paid enough to live, mm-hmm. paid enough to put a roof over our heads, provide clothes for our children and be able to buy something nice for people that we care about and we're having a good day, we're less likely to get upset. And we're less and grab less- a gun and go shoot somebody's head exactly. off. Like uh, if we have our basic needs met, if we have our basic needs met, if we have our basic human rights recognized as an individual, mm-hmm. this is like regardless of race or gender or, you know, class or whatever. It's like regardless, just as a human being, if we have those things met, then we will be balanced people, you know? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, um, you know, you know, Dante Chang, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was uh, hanging out with him and Gina and, you, and uh, they were like, oh, like, we're kind of hungry. Like, you know, we want like kimbap or something. But they were kind of, you know, they were working. And I was like, oh, I could like, I'm not doing anything right. Now. I'm just hanging out. I could just like rush over to Cape Town and pick something up for you guys. No problem. You know, we'll just uh-huh. like have kimbap together. And then they were like, eh, yeah, I don't know. And then I was like, wait a minute. Fuck that shit. Why the Why am I offering to do that? <laughs> like, that's so... What the fuck am I? I'm not some. No, fuck that shit. Never mind. What the? Just order Postmates. And then Dante looks at me, like you know, with that oppa look, you know, like, like he wants to talk to, but like with love. And he goes, uh-huh. you know, don't be that, don't be that second person. Be the first person, is what he <laughs> says to me. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah, he's right. He's like, he was like the first person. That's the real you. And uh-huh. I was like. Yeah, I forget all the time because that second me was again, that was me reacting to yeah, yeah. my past, the times when I felt like a so-called doormat or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, am I doing this because I want these guys to like, like me or respect me or you know, it's like, all of that is bullshit. It's like, I just wanted yeah. to just do something that felt like the thing to do because we're all friends, you know, yeah, and yeah. we just want to share a meal. That is the real us. And it's so hard to just like admit that or just be that because of the world and the way it is. And we need to always like protect ourselves and be defensive and shield ourselves and da, 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 you know? So I appreciate it. Yeah. You're not supposed to be vulnerable. Exactly. And yet being vulnerable is something we have to be all the time in order to care, in order to connect. And like, that's what you were being in these clubhouse rooms. When you found these friends, you were being vulnerable by being genuine, by not, I mean, you know, you have these like these tools of like roasting. You're like, I don't need to. Why should I pull these things out? I don't need to because that's not what this is for. I'm here to connect and hang out and and be chummy with these good people. I think that's yeah. Vulnerability. Vulnerability is is not only looked down upon. It's it's you know, people are reluctantly vulnerable. They want to run away from it. And then when they see their friends being vulnerable, they're quick to poke fun at it and make fun of it, uh, even though they like the results of you being vulnerable. But that's just, we, we just the nature, you know, our society, our current society, like the country we live in. Um, but I think w- with vulnerability, there, there also has to come uh, an awareness that, hey, not everyone's going to appreciate this. Are you still willing to do it? Yeah. And that's, that's the decision that we make is that, hey, you know what? I know I, I could possibly make fun of this. I could be taken advantage of. 
but this is me. This is congruent to me. I'm still going to do it, you know, but of course there are people that I know I'm not going to be vulnerable with them because they're just going to take with it and and use it against me and use it for evil. You know, yeah, yeah. those people, you know, like we're not dumb. And so we know like when, when we can pick and choose, but with people we don't know, you know, giving them, giving them benefit of the doubt, it takes a lot, it takes a lot for me to do that because who knows who these people are, what they're going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. look down on me or be condescending towards me. Um, But yeah, it it does take that, like the initial step on our part to be like, you know what, I'm just going to be a nice person because this is who I am. Um, I don't need to be mean. Uh, I don't need to uh, show that I'm like powerful or I can stand tall. Like none of that at the end of the day really matters once you become friends. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I think we misplace a lot of our energies into putting up a front and being you know, more bold, especially now with the current climate, with violence against um, like uh, Asians and like, you know, like uh, verbally or physically, um, you know, we're, we're kind of more on guard. We're more on edge right now, you know, when we mm-hmm. go outside. Because um, before the pandemic, I was working on myself because I usually scowl whenever I'm in public, like so no <laughs> one bothers me. You know, yeah. like, so like, they, cause you know, there, I, I believe there's people out there that look over the crowd and go, okay, who could I mess with right now? Oh yeah. And then, so when they see me, they're like, okay, no, that guy looks a little intense. I'm not going to mm-hmm. mess with him. And so before the pandemic, I was trying to work on not scowling and, oh. and then the pandemic hit. And then there was a lot of like anti-Chinese sentiment sure. and, um, and you know, I know we're not Chinese, but yeah. they don't know that. Yeah. I didn't want, them, we're all Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. We're all Chinese. And I didn't want to mm-hmm. get into it with anyone. And so the scowl has to come back, (laughs) Uh, you know? And so like when I would see people at like Home Depot Uh and I can tell, you know, I can can tell, but like the assumption is, is that these white people are looking at me like, oh, I caused the virus. But then when they see, they look look at me twice and see that I'm scowling and that I'm intense, they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to say anything to this guy. Yeah. It's like a a winter coat. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Fuck, I don't want to wear this heavy shit. I guess I got to put it on because it's going to be fucking fierce out there. Yeah. It's actually a f- potentially a funny bit. I don't know if you're writing that, but it's like, yeah, that's funny. Like, uh, man, the scowl has to come back. You know, it's like something you don't want. You yeah. don't want it on your face, but it's like, I got to I gotta bring it back because it's necessary. <laughs> it, you know, so I was, um, okay, so I was at Walmart and mm. this was like in the summer of mm. last year mm. and um this young guy probably like either late teens early 20s was staring at me okay. and he was looking me up and down uh-huh. and so of course when when i saw that i put all my own prejudices on him like oh he's thinking this dude's chinese he caused the virus and, and he's looking at me like yeah right. and then um like he looked at, and then like the second time he looked me up and down when he was going back up we made eye contact yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then like, he like, you know, looked me again, like quickly once over and he just shook his hand and walked away. Oh. So I started following him. And then yeah. when I followed him, there was a mirror display like right there. Uh-huh. And then I immediately saw myself. I was wearing a purple t-shirt, blue shorts and orange shoes. <laughs> so, okay. I think he was staring at me because of my color combination. <laughs> Because yeah. I wasn't even paying attention to what I was wearing because I was just at home and then decided I'm going to go to Walmart and I forgot that I have orange shoes. 
you know, because if I had black shoes, I think it would have been okay, like purple, blue, black. But purple, blue, and orange, that's a little much. He was checking you. Yeah, he was like, yo, what, what's going on here, uh, Chinaman? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's amazing. I, I, that is like, that is like cosmic. The fact that there was a mirror when you yeah, turned the yeah. corner and it like was like, look at yourself. That yeah. is cosmic. It's total like, yo, dude, you need to pay more attention to you. Like, <laughs> or or it was like, yeah, it's like it wasn't even about any of those things that no. came floating up. It was oh, yeah, literally yeah. just he was just looking at your clothes because yeah. you look like you popped out of a fucking video game. Yeah, you know? seriously. And, yeah. and he was probably staring at me in admiration. Look yeah. How old that dude is that he can wear purple, blue, and <laughs> Look at this 95 year old man <laughs> styling on the streets. Yes. <laughs> And, and I love that. The thing is, they weren't even like dark purple or dark blue. Yeah. It was like purple purple. Like flashy. And blue, like royal blue. It wasn't even like <laughs> navy blue. It was like royal blue. So it was like the, like the brightest of the, the, yeah. the, the colors. And like eye-catching colors. Like yes. colors that demand you to look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went I, out like that. That's, I love that. That's, that's awesome. what... Um, yeah. So, yeah. So like for, for, so now, and then, so I, what I used to do is during the pandemic is I, I carry a sign that said, um, uh, I'm smiling. I promise. <laughs> uh, and I would just walk around with it and, uh, you know, people, people want to take pictures of it because, yeah. you know, we're masked. You can't tell if someone's smiling or not. Yeah. Um, and people, like, uh, my friends would ask like, why are you carrying that around? I said, well, yeah. part of the reason is, is so that it gives people like something to laugh about or smile yeah. about. Or smile. Yeah. And the other part is to keep me in check sure. so that, if something, because then I feel like that sign, with that sign, I can't really get upset mm-hmm. at anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of keeps me in check, too. Because I can get riled up really easily. Man. Well, I mean, you got that fiery Korean blood in you. Yeah. Uh, we all can. Grace Jung can. Dante can. Gene Onye can. Walter can. Anybody can. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we got you, that you know extra fiery Korean You know what I adore about your, um, your exposition is... is uh, you say Dante and then you say Walter, but then you say Jean Unni as if Jean is older than all of us. Bro, she is like <laughs> terrifying. You know what I mean? I think for women, like for not just women, just me, just Grace Jung, like my personality type is very masculine. Uh-huh. You know, I'm the, you know, that Myers-Briggs stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took it. I am INTJ woman, which is like 1% of all women on earth are INTJ, meaning we don't really express affective kind of emotions very well. When somebody, let's say somebody is like, they're like, there's a deadline and they were supposed to send something to me, but they got into an accident, they lost their arm and they can't. I'm still like, you should have brought that fucking report. You know what I mean? It's like that, like fucking ruthless. So Korean. (laughs) So, so Korean, so savage, you know, but like I am, further on that spectrum like very like cutthroat you know like i would have made a really good general i think but like um yeah like i and and when i see dante like you know i'll be like hey opa what's up you know but like you know with jean Ani, like the moment i met her i was like hey Ani, you know like i couldn't call her jean it wasn't the possibility wasn't there at all like she demands Ani at the end of jean yeah, and I was like, I mean, she she earned it, you know, like I, it's in her. I I know she earned it because I feel it, but 
Yeah. <laughs> but not to say that I don't respect you and Dante. That's not it. Like I want to shift gears. So the the show that um that's that's going to be discussed on this episode of uh, K Drama School. I don't know if you've seen this show, but it's called All In. It came out in like early 2000s. Yi Byung-hun is in it. Song Hye-kyu is in it. If it's early 2000s, I probably didn't watch it. Yeah. And then after this show, they briefly dated. And they all, they got engaged, actually. Yi Byung-hun and who? Song Hye-kyu. Oh. Isn't yeah. that uh, from yeah. Descendants of the Sun? Same chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She dated so many of her very sexy co-stars. Uh, that, that happens more often than not. Just because by nature of... Because there's certain personality types. Yeah. They just can't fake it. And okay, fake it's a probably a wrong connotated word. They, ju- they just can't act it without yeah. really feeling it. I see. Uh, got it, it, got it. Yeah, it's nothing against their acting skill or craft. But I mean, but in her case... Well, first of all, she's not she's not the best actress. I'll, I'll give you that. She's just really beautiful. Like she's you know her she's face. She's gotten a lot. She's got through her I, career. I agree. You could see yeah. the improvement, and, and she's actually a really good comedic actress. Like when she does yeah. comedy, she's like on it. But when she yeah. does like very serious dramatic roles, like she did on All In, it's I was like, man, you're boring me. But um, All In was also written by a man, so like you know, this story was very much about the male protagonist. I see. And, it was a good ass fucking story. I'll, I'll give you that. But Song Yang is a bit extreme. She dated three of her co-stars and married one of them. And married, almost married Lee Byung Hun, married Song Joong Ki, but she also dated Hyun Bin at one point. And a lot of people forget this that she and Hyun Bin dated. And I'm like, man, like you know, what's you you, you go, girl. You you go around town. You fucking you do your thing. I I don't. What, what's her. this say about Hyun Bin, who uh, is now dating his co-star? <laughs> that's true they're oh my god they're the same yeah they're they're exhibiting patterns you, you know and i think you see that a lot in american movies and tv shows as well that's and true. you'll hear rumors that they slept together yeah uh you know um whether they're true or not like who, who knows but um i just think that it's very difficult unless you have the your wire to compartmentalize uh-huh. It's very difficult to accurately portray someone in love with another person. Yeah. Actually falling in love with them. I and yeah. Then being able to put that aside and say, yeah. okay, now I'm gonna go home to my husband or wife. It's a bit sociopathic to be able to do that very well. Yeah. But Hence, uh are crazy. <laughs> okay, I didn't say it, but I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll say it. Actors are crazy. <laughs> They're they are crazy. crazy. So you know I'll, let me qualify that. Let me qualify that. Successful actors on TV and movies are crazy. The ones before TV and movie, they still leave, they still lead regular lives. Yeah. But once you get on TV and once you get on movies, because you know there's something to knowing that millions of people know who you are. Oh yeah. There's something to that, and it yeah. does something to to people, what positively and negatively. And I don't think yeah. we can understand what that we we can't understand until we live it but yeah that in and of itself fame in and of itself is a form of disease yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah like, what was that game the one um you kept hitting your screen and the bird would go up and down like so if you if you tap mm-hmm. your screen the bird would go up and then um as soon as you let go the bird would go down and you have to go in through all these levels i forgot what it's called it's, it's not angry birds guys... it's not angry birds it's a simple game 
Okay. There's just columns, and then the bird goes up. You have to navigate the bird through the, these columns. Okay. And um, you have to up is you know push, uh, mm -hmm. tap your screen. This mm -hmm. Vietnamese guy created it. I think it had like 50 million downloads, and it was yeah. a free game. Yeah. And he took it off offline, and people were like, "What's going on?" Because he was supposed yeah. to make a second game, and they were anticipating the second game, and that was going to be monetized. Uh -huh. And the pressure got to him oh. of 50 million people downloading his game and he just snapped he um, lost his mind yeah and then the the coney director the guy that did coney mm -hmm. about the african warlord or whatever okay tens of millions of people saw it on youtube mm -hmm. and it turned out to be like not entirely accurate Ooh. but the pressure had gotten to him that his video was downloaded tens of several tens of millions of times um some people can handle it some people can't. We think most of them can handle it, but that's probably not true. Yeah. It, you know, it manifests itself in different ways. Um, like um, Blackpink, I'm sure you know Blackpink. On Instagram, yeah. they have like 10, 15, 20 million followers. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. And when you when they post something, within like minutes, they'll have millions of likes. Yep. The, the amount of, like how that affects you, like mm. the power, the ego, the pride, the the self esteem whether it goes high or low all, all of that um, we just don't get unless you're in the, the those shoes and so I think like a lot of these actors and actresses that date each other um, and they understand each other that's one yeah, thing. you know you hear do. like law enforcement can only date law enforcement because yeah. they understand each other um, but yeah no I, I wish I had seen this so we could uh... no 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 you don't have it's better that the person does not see it. Okay, because I, I ask uh, flashcard questions based on oh, okay. scenarios. So, okay, let's say it's a uh, 1980s South Korea. Okay, mm -hmm. you're like one of these like punk ass boys. You're an orphaned teenager. Your name your name is Inha, and okay. uh, you grew up with an uncle, a samchon who's really good at cheating at you know hatu, mm -hmm. the custop cards. He's yeah. really good at cheating at that. He's like he's called a tacha, right? He's like pro cheater. He goes around town to town all over the country cheating people of their money, out of their money. Mm -hmm. And you've been helping him cheat all your life since you were a little boy. You know, like you would like pull your ear or you would scratch your head and he would take that as a cue to know who has what. Mm -hmm. So understandably, you as this teenage boy, your morals are very uh, unique. They're not mainstream. Let's put it that way. And one day, you know. You're on a train with your uncle and you very casually and by force of habit grab a, a, a thing of eggs, like a bag of eggs out of the snack cart that's passing by and you just hand them to your uncle and he takes them and you and your uncle start eating the eggs, these hard boiled eggs. But there's this pretty teenage girl sitting right across from you looking at you and then she asks you, why didn't you pay? What do you do? Uh, 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 wait, what? <laughs> hey, I'm not, wait, what? I think my uncle, my uncle already paid. <laughs> In advance. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm answering, um, along the lines of you, of your description. Yeah. Uh, like he's been hustling his whole life pretty mm -hmm. much. So it'd be like my uncle paid, but I'm still tongue tied because she's, this attractive girl is talking to me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't want to mess up. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know how to hustle people, like, with gambling, but I don't, this is new. 
Mm-hmm. It's just completely new. And so yeah. I'd be very much like, uh, okay, what's like the best answer I could give? Um, whereas I think normally I wouldn't care. Like if it was an adult, I probably wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, but just, I want to be truthful to her. Right. I don't want to lie, but at the same time, the truth is not going to be good. So kind of like <laughs> half truth. Like I think my uncle paid. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that answer. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's say, uh, a town gangster boss. Okay. Your local town, like thug, like a gangpe. Yeah. He takes a liking to you. He sees that you got some rawness in you, you know, you got some powerful moves. Okay. Cause he's seen you fight and he wants to hire you. Right. But you're like, nah, I'm not about that life. No, thank you. So for shutting down this gangpe boss, this gangpe hyungnim, his little stooge boys throw your closest friend off a bridge and physically disable him. What do you do? I would, this is not going to be more, more of a personal thing. Okay. Because I don't know yeah. the actor's character, or like yes. the character's character. Yeah. Well, I would plot a revenge, but mm-hmm. a slow one. Not like, because there's too many people. I already know I, I can't defeat all of them. Like yeah. one-on-one maybe, but like not yeah. all of them. Yeah. So I would plot a very methodic, slow revenge mm. that they wouldn't know, like on each of their lives. Uh, probably could take it, it could, some could be months, like within months, some could be within years, mm-hmm. uh, but it'd be very slow and methodic and, and very well planned and thought out. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would do. And then they would, they, that whole gang would be done, would mm-hmm. be over for them. Like Marion Cotillard in the third Batman trilogy with uh, the Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the like Slow did Knife. See, did you see Fresh with Sean Nelson? No. Oh, if you ever get a chance, watch Fresh. Fresh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sean Nelson. Um, i trying to think where you would know Sean Nelson as an adult. Uh, he was in The Wood, which I don't think, I know a lot of people didn't see. Um, okay. But Sean Nelson was a little kid mm. when, uh, when uh, Fresh came out. But Fresh is a, it's one of those like uh, small movies that was such a pleasant, nice surprise, like watching it. Okay. Uh, and it's not one of those movies where like, oh, you got to wait till the end. Yeah. And then it gets good. It's not like that at all. Like from the beginning, middle, end, it's, it's just like a solid movie super all good the way around. Film. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll write that down. Sean Nelson. Fresh is really good. Fresh. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. So uh, there's this rich friend in your school. Okay. You're still in high. You're still the same teenage boy. There's a rich kid in your school. His name is Chung Won. And he suggests, after hearing about your friend getting disabled, he suggests that you set the gangster boss's office on fire after everybody leaves, just to send a message. So the two of you boys, you guys set his office on fire. But as it turns out, of course, this gangster boss was still fucking in there. He was sleeping after getting drunk and passing out. And he dies. So you're both arrested. But your rich friend, of course, gets off scot-free and you end up with all the blame and a prison sentence for murder. What do you do? Um, contemplate life decisions <laughs> and regrets. <laughs> I mean, I don't know personally that I would be upset at my friend uh-huh. because it's just the system yeah. that, that we're in. Uh, I can't, I can't help it. But like, if my friend had said, 
oh, I didn't do anything. It was all him. Mm-hmm. Then that's a different, then that's different, you know? Um, but like barring that, I would, I'd, obviously I'd be upset that I'm in prison and my friend isn't, even though we right. both did it. But I don't mm-hmm. know that I'd be mad at my friend per se. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be bitterness, mm-hmm. but I would, I would realize that it's not like, I'm not bitter towards my friend, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure things can manifest that way, but it'd be more just at the system itself than rather. It. But if, but if he goes, Oh, I didn't do nothing. That was, that was all, you know, Walter <laughs> or, or, or it was all, uh, was Inha. then yeah. I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I would add him to the methodic uh, revenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The slow, the slow knife. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that is true. It's just a heartbreaking situation. That's all it is. Yeah. They yeah. both feel bad. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So your name is Suyan now. Okay. You're that teenage yeah. girl that was on the train okay. asking in Hawaii you didn't pay for the eggs. You, um, you almost became a nun at an okay. orphanage. Okay. But you decided against it and you get a job at a casino on Jeju Island as a dealer. Okay. You're a dealer chick. And you notice that one of the security guards working with you is Inha, the boy you knew as a teenager, and you liked him. And uh, you haven't seen him for seven years, and now he's in front of you. What do you do? I'd buy him eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is beautiful why didn't she do that my god that is genius see that would have been a great character point but they left it out is there a lack of creativity uh in the early 2000s god that is like fucking on uh so good that's like a good flirt that's a good flirt point yeah "Mm, thought you'd like these oh that's beautiful okay okay yeah all right so let's say you're inha all right Uh um because you grew up with your card game cheating uncle you have a very intuitive sense for card games, right? So while you're watching on the security cameras, while you're watching all these tables, you learned how to play every single card game by heart. Even though you don't know what poker is, you don't know what blackjack yeah. is, you don't know these names, but you know exactly how these games work. And so the supervisors, they promote you to pit boss in just a matter of like two months or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, of course, all the other pit bosses are super pissed and they keep giving you shit about it. Now, keep in mind your past. OK, you were this thugged out punk ass fighter boy. All right. And you were in the Huskow where you got hard. What do you do? Oh, that's that's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Because unless they're unless they're skimming money, there's nothing to plot with at work. Um, <laughs> you, you know, there's nothing to really show uh, anything like or show anyone up. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I would I, I think at that point because being like the, the thug that he was is I would just uh, talk to them individually. Uh-huh. Uh You know, in that kind of thuggish way mm-hmm. that I know, uh, but it'd be in the, like uh, alone, just, just us two, you know, um, just so that, you know, just so that they know and, yeah. or, and, or play cards with them. Okay. Yeah. To let them know like, Hey, I'm not someone that's here because whatever someone yeah. likes me or found favor with me is yeah. I actually know my job. Yes. Um, and I would, I would cheat them out of everything. Yeah. And then I'd give their money back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
that is that is so good yeah that that's as good as the eggs thing yeah, yeah i love that that's like such a creative resolution to this problem man why couldn't they have thought of these things my god i tell you i don't know these k-drama writers they can uh, do a little better i think i don't know these are do much know, better answers know, yeah do you know about korean dramas though that only one writer writes all the episodes they, yeah they do but they have assistant writers they have assistant writers they don't really get too much credit but a lot of those assistant writers after apprenticing for a couple years with big time writers they mm -hmm. go and make their own drama so they do have assistant writers but those assistant writers don't write entire uh, yeah. entire like episodes or anything like it's not like a writers from here in the states at all no, no. Yeah, yeah, and, and they don't get those credits for like an episode that they wrote or anything because they wouldn't, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't write all of that. So yeah, yeah I people get tired. That's the thing is the uh, amount of yeah, they do get tired. Time, yeah, to write sixteen because basically 16 you're writing 20, this one's twenty four episodes, man. Yeah, yeah, some are twenty four. You're writing basically what like you know twenty four screenplays. Yeah, in a in three months. months. Yeah, yeah, it's like I have a. Uh, yeah, I have a friend right now. He's a he's a film uh he's a screenwriter for film. Like Korean Korean films. He does he's done like Japanese films. Like he's he's like a, a a screenwriter, big shot, you know? But uh he recently got a thing from a Korean network and now he's trying out for the first time in his life the TV screenwriting. You know, he's adapting a fil film script that he wrote into a TV thing and he's like it's kicking his ass, he said. It's kicking his ass. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you, especially, I mean, you watch a lot of Korean dramas, right? Yeah. So you'll see in Korean dramas, okay, I know it's an hour, but yeah. a good 10 minutes of it yeah. is just the camera on the actor with no dialogue. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, look, I get, do this for 20 seconds. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to do it for a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Because they're not that good of an actor where we know what they're, what they're thinking. But, <laughs> I think Koreans think like, oh, you know what? We'll know what this person's dilemma is by just watching them. No, 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 yes. no. Um, there's a reason why uh, TV shows are TV shows. It's because we can see them and we, and we can hear them. Yeah. But if we're not doing both of those, then there's no point in the scene. What's the point? It's just a filler. But uh, yeah. they also add a lot of like flashback moments, right? Where they replay like the earlier episodes and like cut into this little yeah. like, yeah, it's like, bro, like, come on. Yeah, yeah those just, montages of flashbacks, like, oh, remember these good times? Or remember these sad times? It's like, oh, God. It's like, and it's a full song long. It's like, a, like three minutes and 45 seconds long. It's like a whole song. <laughs> so you, you don't see this now in TV. You're, you're low 20s, right? Your age? No, man, I'm in my mid-30s, bro. You think what? I'm in my early 20s, baby? Early that 20s. is so nice to hear. I am an old hag. Bro, you thought I was like, what, 21? I you were 20s, okay. Oh, that is so... I, I okay. will take that with me, yes. So, okay, then you... I don't know if you were still... You're not mid-30s, I don't know if you know. So back then, when we were younger, when we were little mm. kids, TV shows, one episode of the season mm. will have like a recap yeah. of what yeah. like yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. be stuck in a room and they'll be like oh my god mom remember when you came home with donuts and then like this happened and then they'll yeah. show like bits and pieces of that episode yeah. And yeah. Have, dad remember yeah. when you came home with pizza yeah, yeah. And they'll show bits and pieces uh -huh. they don't do that anymore and the reason mm -hmm. they did that the reason they did those shows was because the shows were over budget so they oh, needed okay. an episode where they save money okay 
So that's it was a financial thing. It, I mean, it wasn't. I'm sure people can give creative reasons as to why they did those, yeah. but it's mostly because to save money because they were sense. over budget. So mm. they'll have it towards the end of the season because like, oh, we're two million dollars in the hole. What do we do? All right, let's just do like a recap episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the filler write stuff, it, and they'll just save money on it. Uh, that that's why they did that. But now you know, with budgets being the way they are, we don't have those shows. But mm-hmm. when I think about it, I kind of miss those episodes because yeah. it, it's a nice like good feeling like oh this i love this show yeah and here's a recap of what's been going on so yeah. far the first yeah. like whatever 17 episodes yeah yeah there's something comforting about it it's like hey remember this stuff or just in case you missed it yeah. like here we go it's like a lot of hand holding for you as a mm-hmm. viewer and television's always kind of been that way like if you look at television history and television theory like television is designed in order to keep you constantly watching yes and that is that same mentality or concept is now applied to cell phones that's why we're looking at our cell phones for eight hours a day yeah so um yeah like all of that is relevant but yeah i agree there is something nostalgically comfortable about this yeah yeah. i have i have more of these questions are you good with them yeah, 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 yeah. You're giving fun answers. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Let's let's keep them going. All right. So let's say you're Inha again, right? Mm-hmm. The the gangster boss that you accidentally killed as a teenager, he had a younger brother. Okay. His younger brother's actually like a worse, like he's a bigger nightmare than his older brother was, and he is out for blood. He's trying to kill your ass. Okay. He wants What's you his- dead. I forget. It was like something very like chunsroa and like thuggish. The one. Or Chonggu? Chonggu? Was, was it Chonggu? He has like a scar on his face. You <laughs> like... sunglasses? No, 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 no sunglasses. He had this like scar down his face. And um, actually, that actor is interesting. He and Yi Byung-un actually did a weird like short back in the day. But anyway, uh, he's he's a punk. He's not a punk. He's like a, a thug boss now. You know, he inherited mm-hmm. his brother's position and he's. He's a he's a nightmare. He like reigns terror where he goes, and he's he's trying to find you so he could kill you, and he tracks you down. Okay, he's coming to Jeju Island to kill your ass. So your friends make an arrangement for you to get on a boat and sneak into America, into the West Coast. But you have a girlfriend now. You know you you met you you reunited with the egg lady, and like you guys are in love. You know, and she's waiting to see you. But you're like standing on the docks now. The boat is about to leave, man. What do you do? I'm assu- I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that I had zero time to contact her <laughs> and tell her the plan. Zero. Yeah. Um, well, so- actually, there was a payphone there. Mm. There was a payphone. Okay. I would I would call her mm-hmm. and then say I have to leave now. I can't explain. Okay. But. Um, if you trust me, um, I'm going to make arrangements for you to get to where I am. Okay. I will tell you everything uh, mm. when, when I can. I have to leave right now. Mm. Uh, I don't want to bring any trouble on you. And so, but I will make arrangements for you to come with me if you trust me, but mm. you have to decide now. Okay. That wow. way, you know, it's, it's that way, because then I feel like if you, she doesn't decide then, the longer the communication goes, um, the uh, more chance that that bad guy has, the more time he has to figure out that she's with me. Right. Yeah. So these kind of things have to be immediate. And yeah. so, uh, okay. or, and, or if there was an opportunity to, I would just go grab her and take her and go, Hey, we're, we're leaving. Sure. 
And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to explain on the way, not the TV movie trope where it's like, you don't need to know right now. Because <laughs> if you do, there's too many dialogue pages that's going to go to waste. Because <laughs> the audience already knows what's going on. Yeah. Only you don't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would explain on the way. Um, but if there was no chance for that, I would call her and tell her uh, that much that... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, now that you say this, that is a good point. Yeah, because like audience already knows. And if he's explaining, that is like pages. So and this I saw, I mean, I, trigger warning to, for listeners. Uh, this is something, a strategy I saw in Woody Allen movies. Um, you, it's a like a long shot from a distance still. And you see the two characters in the distance just talking. Mm-hmm. And you already know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's what we just saw. And yeah. they show that for what, like? five seconds and we know and now we yeah. can move on yeah 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 uh, that would be a that's nice not, strategy that's not korean enough they need to be on there for a good <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not kitschy enough yeah. it's not camp enough you're right it, that 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 shot was very like elegant and like you know black and white high brow like you know uh the 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 cinematographer was like the um godfather cinematographer you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it makes sense, but yeah, that that would have been a beautiful moment to just take care of that. Okay, yeah. sweet. So okay, so you would off you would try and offer her some kind of explanation and some kind of option rather than just disappear on her. Okay. Yeah, because to me, like the 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 not knowing for for like the person not knowing, huh. uh, like being in limbo is mm-hmm. so devastating. That yeah. if I'm really in love with this person, I don't want her to go through that. Yeah. And so, um, even if it's at the least, even if she won't c- go with me, like flee with me, just to be able to say bye and like, you know, I know I can't give you specifics as to why I'm leaving, just because there's no time. But sure. I want you to know that I will make arrangements if if you want. Um, but just so that she'll know and be like, okay, I don't yes. know exactly what's going on, but there's some some semblance of closure. Mm-hmm. Rather than just leaving, because that's just yeah, that you're just causing a lot of uh, pain, like unnecessary pain. Yeah, a lot of anguish. Yeah. So well, yeah. okay, well then that brings me to my next question. Let's say you're Suyeon, the egg chick, uh-huh. the man you loved, Inha. He disappeared without any notice. Oh, yeah. and a close friend of yours gives you plane tickets and tells you to go to California to study hospitality management at some SoCal university. Mm-hmm. So you go. And one day, by freak coincidence, all right, you were hired as a Japanese English interpreter at a private auction in Malibu, and you see your ex boyfriend Inha standing there, and and I mean he's he's the man who said he loved you, and then suddenly disappeared from your life. Turns out he got hired to work as a private bodyguard for this wealthy white man who lives in Malibu doing these auctions. Man, what what do you do? Um, this is going to sound sexist, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Answer, We're in a I'm, safe space. Yeah. Uh, I would assume that mm. she can, uh, tear rather easily. <laughs> okay. So I would time it so that when we made eye contact, uh-huh. a tear would fall <laughs> and I wouldn't say a single word because then now it's all up to him to decide whether he's going to ignore me, like uh-huh. the tearing me, yeah. uh, or talk to me okay. and explain. Mm. Because then at that point, my passive aggressive message to him is, 
because it's up to you, if you yeah. don't come talk to me and explain, yeah. then I'll know that this is it. This is over. It's over. Yeah. This is done. Regardless, yeah. if you don't come to me, regardless of what your reason is, no matter yeah. how amazing it is, sure. this is over. Right. Um, because, you know, I'm being vulnerable and I'm here, but I'm not going to go up to you because mm -hmm. I'm not the one who left. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's what uh, I, I would do. Yeah. Even that tear is generous of a signal. Yes. Yeah. She, she exactly. didn't have to do shit. No, she... you can't be. <laughs> you can't be like that. <laughs> it, it just has to be one tear. I don't even think two, two tears might be too much. Too much. Too just much. One. Just one. Just the one. Small, tiny stream. Yeah. yeah. And then just I would never break eye contact with him. <laughs> like just I would keep looking at his eyes. And then he's gonna he's gonna be the one that's going like doing double takes and looking away. Yeah. I'm never gonna break that. That's intense, uh, man. And then just yeah, one tear. And then in that <laughs> in that he should know because yeah. I'm sure he studied passive aggression in Korea. That that's what I mean. And yeah. you know, um, and it's, it'd be all the onus would be on him. Okay, I I like that. Okay, good. Empower yourself, lady. Single tears. All right. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So so you're still Suyun, okay? Uh -huh. Of course, Inha comes begging for your forgiveness. Begging, 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 begging. Oh my God. You eventually forgive him, all right? You're like, all right, fine. You know, circumstances, they were what they were. I get it. Love overcomes all, all right? So the two of you, y'all are in, y'all are in America now, right? Uh -huh. So you guys go to Vegas, y'all fuck, okay? I was like, when I saw this, like, I was like in middle school or high school, I was like, oh my God, they're fucking, you know? It's a Korean drama, they be fucking. And so, okay, <laughs> while you're in Vegas, you see a jewelry store, okay? And uh, you and Inha step inside. And he tells you very confidently, he's like, pick whatever you want. So you point at a ring and Inha says, asks very confidently to the saleswoman. He's like, how much is this? And the saleswoman says, it's $27,000. <laughs> and Inha says, thank you. And leads you back out of the store. What do you do? <laughs> I I'm still, uh, uh, you're I the girl, girl right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, because I know this actor actress's uh, facial expressions and mannerisms, yeah. I would do one of her patented, like when she does the, like uh, that the, look. The side that she eye? Does. Yeah, that she, her, she, her side eye is so good. Yeah. Because it conveys seriousness and joking at the same yeah, time. It's playful. I would give her, yeah, total playful. I would give yeah. her, give him one of those. Yeah. Um, and then give, and then also a, a like a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you nailed it that's exactly what she did yeah, yeah she did that side eye thing at the yeah. store yeah 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 and, and with the two you know it would convey like you're you know like you know yeah. like you know, you're all yeah. badass yeah but, you, you thought know. you were a big boy now huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's really yeah. there's actresses that yeah. are really good at looks yeah and yeah. she's one of them when she's it comes to like cute but you know kind of like pointed expressions like mm -hmm. she nails it she's she uh started out in sitcoms that's where she got yeah, yeah, her comedic yeah. kind of sensibility and so she's really good at things like that yeah and, I agree. and she does it in a way she can she portrays it in a way that she loses no pride mm -hmm. um there's no like i'm gonna go under you there's mm -hmm. nothing that they're still yeah. on wing, but yeah. it allows her to it still empowers her and allows her to be like hey yeah. I didn't really care about that, but I'm still exactly. going to give you crap for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, it gets intense for Suyeon, though. Like, let's say, okay, you're still Suyeon. You and Inha, you guys agree to elope at a local church, all right? Okay. Somewhere, somewhere beautiful in, in LA somewhere. Inha says he'll meet you at the chapel, all right? He's going to get off work and he'll meet you at the chapel. That's what he says. So you get all dolled up, you know, you put on your pretty white dress, you get a bouquet, you go to the church and you're waiting. And you wait and wait and wait. The sun sets. Inhat never comes. Man, what do you do? Okay, so in situations like that, I always initially err on the side of, I hope nothing bad happened to the person. Mm -hmm. So even when people are late, yeah. Um, I always err on the side of, like, I first ask them, are you okay? Did anything happen? Yeah. And then when they go, no, 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 nothing happened. Then I get into, well, then why are you so late? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, where are you, man? Yeah. 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 It's totally. Yo, where are yeah. you? know, uh, yeah. like if you get in an accident, oh, it's cool. Because it's yeah. an easier transition into, oh my God, like, are you okay? As opposed to, where the hell are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you're in an accident. Oh. <laughs> Are, are you okay? Because then, no matter how much you you try to be sincere, it doesn't come off genuine. Yeah, because you already blew it. <laughs> yeah, you already blew it. So I like to err on the side of you know, hopefully nothing happened. Yeah. But in a situation like this, where this has happened to her before, yeah. not specifically obviously, but like in, in a similar Something fashion. Something similar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would wait as long as I physically could, mm -hmm. and not because I believe he's going to show up eventually five hours later but it's later because i know i'm going to see him later or possibly see him later barring anything bad happen i want to be able to genuinely say i waited for you for 10 hours <laughs> sitting there they closed the chapel i waited outside for you just in case you just to be able to say that because if i say i waited 10 hours and i did it it's going to come out that'll come out but if i literally waited for 10 hours I want, I'm going to, you know, I, I can genuinely say I waited for 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Your you plan is now different. Cause like at, let's say at five hours, you already know he's not going to come. Even at like yeah. three hours, you're like, all right, I think three hours, that's a good odd number to real, like let go of my expectations. Yeah. But now it's like a different game. Yeah. Now it's a game with yourself and the future him giving him yeah. shit. You know, yeah. I waited for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, I literally waited for 10 hours, you know. See, again, like, I feel like that's the Korean side, you know, like Bobby Lee does shit like that, you know, like from what I hear. And I've definitely done shit like that, you know, but I really I learned something right now. I really like your strategy of when you um, contact a late person by asking them, hey, are you OK? Did something come up? I like that because for me, I have a huge problem with lateness, like, because yeah. I have trauma with it, you know, like my parents were very negligent and like, they've done shit like this to me where like, uh, they leave me at a library for hours, no food and the library closes. I'm like eight and I'm standing outside the library yeah. in the dark and the cold with no food. That's traumatic. So like I've had many instances like that as a child and a lot of immigrant children have experienced like these kind of latchkey moments. And so when a person's late, it feels like um, a nightmare, like chaos is happening in my head. And but instead of like lashing out and then ruining the day that we were supposed to have together, checking in being like, hey, is everything OK? Or are you all right? That's a lot more compassionate and mindful. I like that. Yeah. Cause it's brazen for them to be like, no, everything's cool. <laughs> No, then you're like, okay, well, you asking for it. Here comes the fucking fire, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. 
good. They're, I'm just I'm I just got out of bed. It's like really. I've yeah. been here for 45 fucking minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's All just, right. It's justified, you know, at that point. It is. That's justified anger and rage. Yeah, I agree. Okay, okay. All right. So this is still, it's, this is a very long and intense show. So that's oh, why there's so yeah, many yeah. questions. Usually it start, stops at like five, but there's like 12. Okay. So, okay. So you're Inha. All right. The man. Dude, you wake up from a coma. Okay. You wake up. They tell you that you've been out for months, like two months or something, all right? Because you got shot multiple times on that job while you were protecting that rich man in Malibu. Okay. And you recall that you were supposed to get married that day, but you got shot. Yeah. And your friends tell you that your public records state that you are actually dead. And okay. it, they did this in order to protect you from that gangster thug that's coming after your ass. Uh-huh. All right. So you're kind of they're going to recreate your identity. Everybody back in Korea, including the woman you were about to marry, think you're dead. What do you do? I because now that everyone thinks I'm dead, I'm going to try to get a new identity mm-hmm. um, and then go to Korea. Mm-hmm. And then I would... Uh, I would not stalk, but it okay. would be stalking. But I, I would uh, do reconnaissance <laughs> uh, on her and see where her life is uh, right now. Because it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a couple months or two years? Two years or a couple months? A uh, couple months. A months. few months. Okay, so I would probably do less reconnaissance because it's only been two months. I don't. I wouldn't think that she'd be dating someone right away. Um, hmm. But, like, I would, uh, yeah, just see, like, wh- where she's at and what's going on in her life. Just, like, you know, maybe for a few days. And then... Um, I would try to approach her in the most gentlest way possible. Okay. Um, not just like running up to her going, oh my God, it was all a lie. I'm alive. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, when she's overjoyed by the fact that I'm alive, she'll be yeah. pissed oh, because, yeah. you know, uh, for all, all the right reasons. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I, I would um, kind of see like, with, you know, approach with trepidation and cautiousness just to not, not to startle her or scare her, but just to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, but I would definitely make myself know because it was two months. It had it been two years, then for right. sure I would do a much longer reconnaissance, make sure she's not dating anyone and, you know, try to slowly try to see what's going on. But yeah, a couple months, um, I think the wounds are still very fresh because mm-hmm. um, yeah. she probably also feels bad that she waited outside yeah. uh, for 10 hours. <laughs> and, you know, because she's like, oh, if I would have known then, you know, I wouldn't have been so angry. And so she's probably dealing with her own demons of that. So right. me to just rush back in, all that's going to come out and I'm going to receive the brunt of it. So right. kind of ease back uh, in the most gentle way possible. If there isn't even such yeah. a thing in that, in that, you know, in this crazy situation. Yeah. Did you like, did you study like psychology or something? I have a bachelor's of psychology from the University of Southern California. I don't know if you know where that is. Um, see this is why I didn't want to bring this up you know because it was going nice and then but did you really study psychology yeah I knew it I was like it's like there's something about him he's like a good like mediator like therapeutic mediator okay yeah that makes a lot of sense I got it okay you know we're both you know we're both in the sweet 16 sweet 16 what does that mean NCAA uh March Madness tournament oh really okay that world is very foreign to me but that's cool I, I reckon by judging by your uh, physical demeanor when I when I brought it up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, with my 21-year-old looking self. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. not that's not all of a sudden 35 in a matter of 2 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I say mid 30s. I actually turned 34 last month, so. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I, that age is weird because It is. It's, it's like, like it, it, I feel more comfortable 30. saying mid 30s cuz 34 is like you're not quite mid, but to say I'm in my early 30s doesn't feel appropriate either. Yeah. It's because not true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all right. I like being 34. All right. Okay. Okay, fine. So, okay. You're Suyun. Okay. In has childhood friend, the one that the rich boy that didn't mm-hmm. go to prison. Okay. He's a colleague of yours on Jeju Island, and he's in the hospitality business and casino business, and he's about to inherit some fucking casinos. I mean, he's a rich boy. He's mm-hmm. really fucking rich. And this guy, he's starting to hit on you, okay? And he says to you that he wants to take care of you, all right? Meanwhile, he was Inha's best friend as a child. Mm-hmm. Inha's dead. So he says, he says Inha's dead. What do you do? And I, I assume I know he, he's best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and this is like still two months, three months after. Now this is longer. It's been about a year now. A year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, it's okay. So the, I, I, I have. I, 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 there's a fork in my mind right now because the the part of what one side is is that there's that like kind of friendship code mm-hmm. where you don't date your friends' exes. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I also have this like asterisk clause in there mm-hmm. that um, unless it works, meaning it goes all the way. Barring that, then yeah, there, there's you run into a lot of issues. Um, so I would, if I was her, I would ask myself, is this going to go all the way? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm assuming the guy's dead, you know, my ex is dead. Yeah. Uh, and so is this going to go all the way? And can I, uh, like stomach this, mm-hmm. this the dynamic of this, you know, is the money going to be worth it? Cause that's going to obviously is a factor, Yeah. you know, cause she's been working hard her whole life and I, she's an orphan, right? She is. Yeah. Yeah. So for her, the money is, it's, it's more valued and more valuable to her. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there is, I, I think, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of inner, inner conflict. Um, but because it's a TV show, <laughs> yeah. I have to decide to date him because otherwise <laughs> the show would end a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we need a little drama there. Yeah. We need some of the risque, like, kind of dancing around the code kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, fine. So, last question. You're Inha again. And actually, this was actually uh, based on a true story. But, like, obviously very much dramatized. But Mm -hmm. there's this guy. Is it Jimmy Cha or something? He's, like, a Korean-American poker player. Um, But it's based on his life. Okay. Okay. So you're Inha again. Mm-hmm. Given your preternatural ability with card games, you become a poker player and you're very good at it mm-hmm. to the point where you compete in the poker championship, right? And you win millions and you return to Korea 
and you run into your ex-girlfriend that you left at the altar who thinks you're dead. Mm-hmm. What do you do? And now, how many years has transpired so far? Like a year. A year? Yeah. Um, Time has a lot to do with this for you, huh? Yeah, because it, it, it it's also on um, my motivations of yeah. like, or lack thereof. Like I didn't go to see, I didn't go, I didn't go seek her out. I didn't go try to find her in that, in that a lot of time. Maybe it's out of respect for her or uh, fear of, you know, like coming to grips with the fact that I'm not dead and putting that, that burden on her. Uh, You know, I don't know what, what was going on during that year, Uh, but I'm sure the Korean drama would have done a nice little three minute focus on uh, his face uh, with no dialogue. (laughs) explaining that for me (laughs) Uh, but i I, yeah i think um i would you know what i would do the same thing that suyon would do when she saw him uh in america being Mm -hmm. a bodyguard i would i would see i would when i first as soon as i meet Uh her i would go one tier because and then that passive aggressively would indicate i don't have the right to go up to you yeah. and talk to you because I didn't try to find you and this is by happenstance and I don't have the right I don't have the leg to stand on to even um, be worthy of talking to you so I'm just yeah. going to stand here and get one good last look at you and then yeah. have one tear and then leave <laughs> it up to her to make that decision to, to whether or not she wants to engage um, you know uh, you know that book the game right yeah you should write a version of that, but like called one tier. One tier. <laughs> <laughs> and all the situations where, where one tier really works. <laughs> <laughs> to break the awkwardness yeah. <laughs> of your silence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like for that. sure, she's going to think the first question in her head is like in and amongst um, what happened. Yeah. Oh my God, you're not dead. The, 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 but I think the strongest question that would arise out of all the multiple questions is, why didn't you try to find me? Mm-hmm. And because a year elapsed, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you say. There's no real, you know, unless, even if it's like, I didn't want to put you in danger that you might die. Right. Um, there has to be some, you know, it, that's still not good enough at yeah. this point. Because if they're truly in love with each other, right. you know, you send something. Mm-hmm. like some form of communication you you do something yeah um, he's a he's a poor communicator for sure like yeah, on multiple you know, levels there are no male korean uh characters in korean dramas that are good communicators if they really? were there'd be no there'd be no korean drama <laughs> yeah, there, there'd be none i know that's why they're always like it's a misunderstanding it's like yeah. it's a misunderstanding because y'all were not communicating you yeah. were not using your fucking words <laughs> And that's why Descendants of the Sun, I thought was one of the um, one of the be- was one of the better dramas because they did communicate a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, you know, and, it, and granted, the song guy he didn't say everything on his mind, but uh-huh. he did enough action wise and uh, verbally mm-hmm. to let her know his intentions. He was very yeah. intentional with everything he did. Yes, which is different than most Korean dramas. Korean dramas, yeah. like you know, like someone will do something to piss the other person off. And they'll just stand there and just be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. I'm mad, but I'm not going to show that I'm mad. And so there's no communication involved and it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, That trope, 
I get it because it's cultural, but mm-hmm. if I ever write a Korean drama, that will not be there because yeah. communication is key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Song Joong-ki, it was a very responsible kind of communicator. Like, he did the best he can a lot on Descendants of the Sun. You're right. But he was also hiding a lot of things, and it was because he works for big government, and he was like, I can't tell you where I'm going to go. And what they conveniently neglected to uh, kind of, like, unpack in that drama, which Mm -hmm. I know they couldn't, but what they... Uh, Camille did, didn't uh, un, like reveal or unpack is the fact that he kills people. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. Korea, guns are like they'll people in Korea will they could go their whole lives without seeing a gun. Yeah, and yet here he is on the other extreme where he yeah. kills people. Yeah, and so they didn't really unpack that, and they made it seem like they lead happy lives, even though they they kill people. Well, there was a moment actually where uh, she does bring it up. She's like, I feel like you know, my moral consciousness is getting in the way because you hurt people for a living mm-hmm. and I heal people for a living. And yeah. this, I do feel this conflict, but it was very small moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and they was, didn't, was... you're right. They did not unpack it. They kind of yeah. went brushed over it because they, they're hot and they want each other. And it's like, all right, but fuck morals. Let's go do something fun now. You know? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And did you, do you know the timing mistake that happened at the end? Well, what, what happened? The last episode. So she went to that country because it was the one year anniversary of his death. Okay. But then when okay. he came back, it says they were gone for seven months or eight months. Oh. And so it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> the math yeah. doesn't add up then. So yeah. uh, it was really weird that the impetus of her going to that country was the one year anniversary. Yeah. But when they came back, they're like, oh, they were gone for seven or eight months or something. Yeah, and I'm like, perhaps that was a, an error on the writer's part. Out yeah, of her exhaustion. Yeah, because t- you get tired. You get tired. Or or there's something about the way they do their, I don't know, calculations for that is different. I don't know. Because that, that's a pretty big, it was a pretty big. Uh, yeah. Five error. months is a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> like seven months is nowhere near a year. Like that's a no. five month difference. Yeah. And then I love though that um, when she's at the place and she looks at her cacao and it was all one, one, one. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden all the ones disappeared. Yeah, but that dude took the whole plane ride to charge his phone to one percent <laughs> to be able to open his phone. I'm sure he checked it right when he got his phone. Yeah, to call her, yeah. and she wasn't the first call. <laughs> her phone still worked because remember her friends called. Uh huh. And so clearly her phone works. Yeah. And then, but he didn't bother to call her. But he called someone that knew where she was. Yeah. Which would have to be one of her friends. Did you uh did you write a letter to the writer Kim Eun Suk and explain all of this to her? No, she, because she's too big in power. Because it seems like you feel strongly about it. I I actually forgot the ending a great deal. So all of this is um, yeah, floating past me right now. And I actually I haven't covered Descendants of the Sun on this podcast yet. So maybe mm-hmm. when I do, I'll I'll bring it back. But it's 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 really good. Like yeah. Goblin was really good. Goblin was great. Um, I watched that like multiple times. Same writer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but King yeah. Eternal Monarch, bro. Because you know, okay, uh, I actually talked about this with um, Christine Coe, who's a director at JTBC. Okay. And so she's gonna she's working on the upcoming law school okay. as a B director. Okay, okay. Um, so I met her on Clubhouse, and we yeah. were talking, and we were talking about were, she's Korean American. I think she's Korean, and then grew up in Canada. Okay. And then um, got it. Uh, uh, went to Duke. 
Oh, that's so cool that she's going to work on a Korean drama. That's yeah, so she's been direct. So she worked on uh, Knowing Brothers as a director. Okay, uh, I then... write about that show in my dissertation, like oh, a lot. Did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that show. So. Yeah. Oh, that's badass. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So because they were asking about uh, Sisyphus. Okay. Are you watching that right now on Netflix? No. So I was telling them, like, I said, you know, the thing with time travel mm-hmm. is it's very, very difficult. Because you run into a lot of uh, logic issues. Yeah, there are a lot of rules. And King the Eternal Monarch, they didn't clearly define that it was time travel and parallel universe. Yeah. They didn't really clearly define that. So in the It's like they would decide episode by episode what the rules are. And they would be new ones and they would change. And I was just like, I don't care, man. Yeah. (laughs) They needed to set up that kind of stuff. You have to set up in the beginning. In the beginning. They yeah. didn't do that. And so, but, you know, she's writing a new drama for mm-hmm. uh, Young for Song Hegyo. Oh, wow. Yeah, Wait, Christine Ko is? No, no, no. Uh, the writer. Oh, uh, Kim Eun-soo. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's, gonna, uh, she's writing a specific drama for her. Nice. Um, but I don't know, because <laughs> I have a feeling usually actresses and actors, they want to get away from the romantic comedy stuff. Uh-huh. And they want to be, because they want to be known as serious actors which is all well and good. However, don't forget what brought you here mm-hmm. is, is, is my thing. Because I don't know if you saw Encounter yeah. with her and mm-hmm. None of the cute, fun stuff that yeah. people fell in love with her. And it was just serious. Very serious. And it was sad. Died. She was a very yeah. sad character. Yeah. Lost a lot of, uh, I don't know, oomph in, in, the, in, in the show. A little bit. And, and the, the B storyline was actually better. The B love storyline with... Uh, the clam, the clam restaurant owner, and her assistant. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were more lively too. They were more just fun yeah. to watch because they, yeah. they replaced the. They filled the void left yeah. by Song uh, without her doing her looks and, and all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, doing her looks. Her assistant yeah. was in Hospital Playlist. Yes. Yes. Season two is coming out. Wow, soon. you watch a lot of Korean dramas, Walter. I didn't realize that you watched so much. Yeah, because American TV is not doing very well. Well, I mean, yeah, and Korean dramas have started to like, I mean, their production values like skyrocketed somehow in the last maybe five years. It was just like like turbo drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe even more, maybe about like eight years, not quite 10 years, but like about eight years. It went on turbo drive. Yeah. 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 So sure. um, I I watched uh, Ayers or Inheritors (laughs) and the production value on that is like. You know, I taught a a, a class called um, is an undergraduate seminar. It's called uh, Korean dramas on Netflix. And it, at the beginning of class, I asked all my students, I was like, "What are your favorite dramas? And what are your least favorite dramas?" And almost every single one said, "I hate that show." Airs. <laughs> they all said it. Or they were like, "I hate that show." Boys over flowers. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Man, okay, cool, got it, yeah." I couldn't watch Boys Over Flowers. Like, it I is so it. bad. It is like so fucking bad. And you know what? Still, no, like, it's like number one still. It's really funny. It's insane. But you know, it makes sense why it's number one because it is so like ridiculously watered down. The mm-hmm. the 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 like the realism part is so gone, right? That it would translate all over the world, you know? That it would be like, oh okay, yeah. They're they're all Korean. They look okay, like they're decent to look at. Yeah. There's drama and tension. This is school teenager stuff. So 
it's we all understand it you know culturally they're in a school's teenager kind of beef and everybody understands like high school teenage beef and it's like okay fine you know so it makes sense why but like people who watch a lot of korean dramas are like yeah it's like one of the worst ones you know and and actually in fact as one of the worst ones there's some beauty to that the fact that it's one of the worst ones and that it's the most renowned but anyway um what was hard to get past was i was on swim team and that girl's a swimmer wow but they, i think they're in an, they're in an infinity pool wait so you're talking about goblin no uh boys over flowers boys over flowers okay okay huh? i think there was a, there was an infinity pool at the high uh-huh. school yeah no, you don't swim in infinity pool. And I think I was like, "What is going on?" Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get over that. <laughs> She's gonna uh, do laps in the infinity pool. Yeah. She's gonna do butterfly strokes in the infinity pool. Yeah, I, I couldn't get over uh, that that thing. All right, and thank you for uh, doing this um, podcast, man. Well, thank you for having me. Next week, we're gonna talk about a show called Personal Taste. It stars Yi Min Ho and Son Ye Jin. It is a very interesting Korean drama. It's got some LGBTQIA plus themes in there. So I'm excited to talk to you all about that. Also, I got another fan letter, so I will read that to you. Hi, Grace. I wanted to drop a quick line to say how much I appreciated your recent episode with Dr. Jiyoon An. As a fellow academic and burgeoning K-drama fan, I so appreciated the topics that you two covered and the ways in which you did so. Even just hearing how you two think about the academic process, the job market, and how that differs across continents was super interesting. Though my field is a little different, I totally appreciated hearing what life looks like in another non-science field. The icing on top was hearing your take on something in the rain. It was the perfect mashup of the world of K-drama and academia. Thanks for letting us listen in and keep up the good work, Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. It's very kind of you to say. I appreciate it. And also, you guys, uh, today I'm recording this on April 30th. I submitted my dissertation like two days ago. So that's something to celebrate, huh? Something to congratulate me on. Thank you. I will take it. I will accept it. And folks, I do have a request. If you are a man, a cis man, uh, whoever's listening as a cis man, please reach out to me. I want you to send me an email because I want to work on a paper um, about masculinity and Korean dramas. So please email me if you're interested in being interviewed. It would just be an interview offline it would just only be for my academic project purposes nothing more than that if you wish to retain your anonymity that is totally fine but i need to interview people i need subjects so if you're listening and you are cis male that means you're born as a man and you identify as a man then please email me at kdramaschool at gmail.com just put it in the subject that you are interested in partaking in my masculinities K-drama project, okay? Thank you. And folks, if you haven't already, just sign up, you know, subscribe on YouTube, right? Follow me at K-drama school on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow me on those platforms. I need followers. I mean, that's how fucking basic we are as a society. They count followers. Isn't that stupid? But that's how it goes. That's how it works in show business nowadays. They just count followers. That's how basic and stupid and dumb and pretentious our society has become. But it is it is what it is. All right. I'm trying to play this game. I'm trying to play this game because I know that there's no fucking money in academia. Right. Thank you for your congratulations, Maggie. But you and I both know that 
academics and arts and humanities don't make jack shit. All right. Academics and math and the STEM fields, the, all of their starting salaries are like close to close to six figures for arts and humanities. Man, it is like it's like a fourth of that starting salary. No lie. All right. And I was just kind of recounting this in, in my therapy session the other day. But I just realized like I've been making pretty much the same amount of money since like age 22 and that's sad as fuck. That's sad as fuck, all right? I can't believe how many hours I work all the time and constantly, and yet I just don't have money in the bank. And that level of discontentment is really starting to eat away at me. It's eating away at my soul. That's all, you guys. Thank you for listening every week. Tune in next week, and yeah, be well. Take care. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.